walking on and messages that I've been working on. And man, oh man, oh man, that's the way it has been. Um, Bruce and I have never discussed, he's told that a few times when he gets opportunity, uh, what's he preaching in Sunday school, and I'll do the same here. We've never done that. For Actually, I forgot to mention, New Hope turned 24 years old at the beginning of this month. Um, and so that's been for 24 years. We've been doing that. Not too long ago, he came up to me just a couple of weeks ago, and he goes, it's funny, you know what? And I said, what's that? He goes, uh, the Lord is still confirming things with your son preaching and me teaching Sunday school. Now, I'm saying all this to make this point. That's God. The Lord's doing that. And when God works like that, we need to sit up straighter. Because that means that God is certainly trying to make a point to us. Adam's messages, that one even if, oh my gosh. Um, I mean, that, that's where we are. You know what? David Wilkerson said, when Leonard Ravenhill dies, he's the last. And I know what he meant. That man of that stature and that kind of commitment and that kind of faith and that kind of walk. And I, I understand that. Now, I don't know if that's actually true. But I understand what he was saying. And here we find ourselves now. When, when the towers fell from that attack and people would say, America will never be the same again. I was like, hmm, I don't know. What's that mean? But man, we are not. We have changed unbelievably in those 13 years. And I believe that now a church like this, not the church, this church, a church like this that believes the word of God, attempts to glorify God and live in the word of God, is one of the last. Do you understand that? There's, there's two churches in America. There is that secular, liberal uh, whatever you want to call it, church. And then there's the group that's just hanging on to this no matter what. And this is obviously where we are. It just, it is. It's the way it is. And um, I believe that this type of walk uh, is, is one of the last. And however long God keeps that alive, I don't know. Now, with all that, you need to seek God for a national day of prayer. You understand? These are not just cute events like baby dedicated. I try to make that point. Yeah, they're cute, but you understand what you're doing. The National Day of Prayer. It's not even recognized by most of the people in our government now. And it's probably going to come to a time if things continue to go that way, they're just going to shut it down. You need to be praying for National Day of Prayer. There's just not another little gathering. No, we want the power of God to show up. And it will show if you do your part. If you pray, you understand, it's not like, when it comes to New Hope, it, it's not like, um, would you please come? No, I expect you to come. Because you understand, we are part of the resistance. You look up the wars and look about the resistance, the French resistance, those in France. I mean, they died. Like, that's why I just can't get over Jason's, I had no idea what he was. You got an absolute huge dose, a good spoonful of truth that you won't hear. You just won't. I don't care if it's Jason or whoever. It's, it's true. People just shy away from that stuff because they want patty cake messages. And you are going to be cold. What if we end up having to go underground? Would you go? Oh, yeah, I'd go. Would you? Would you go underground to serve God? I mean, and it, it, it could be. See, it's just, that's the truth. This is where we are heading as a nation. We just are. So we can play patty cakes if you want, or we can get you um, prepared and ready. That I th God was just doing those messages. They were like marching songs. I mean, I wanted to march up here with that last song. Uh, just march in the army of God. Army. You know, not uh, where you get points. Uh, you're good, five out of ten. Nice presentation. Army, where you get shot at. And, and so here we are again, and I wanted to open it up with a little bit of history. Denise is going to get us a video ready here in a minute. But um, has anybody ever heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer? So we've had a few, okay? Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I read his book eons ago, back when books were $2.95, okay? It was the cost of discipleship. And this 
book gave me brain cramps. It's just, and I don't mean that as far as like heavy as, oh, I can't understand his reading. No, it's, it's a depth of a walk. The very back of the book says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. I mean, this, see, we've got so far from that. It's like Jason's message might have sounded weird to most of the people this morning, or half of them, or a percentage of them. But that's what this is. Church principles are under attack. Uh, and, and so we have to, um, I believe what God wants us to do is not to lose heart. We can lose heart as we keep seeing the various laws passed that, you know, like that rancher in Nevada. I know a lot of you are going, yeah, that's cool. I understand that. And yeah, I'm kind of glad about that too. But I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I can't remember the number. 1,000 Americans showed up to shoot other Americans? I'm like, what? They did that in Germany. I'm going to God. So stuff like that can make you lose heart when you continue to see that. Yet you are the resistance, and you cannot. And the only way that you cannot is that you um, radically just throw yourself at the altar and say, God, you've got to do something with my heart, with my commitment. So I'm going to show you about four or five minutes uh, a little clip of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's life. He uh, eventually became a believer and found him in the middle of the uprising of Germany and Nazism. Okay, so this is the direction I was going even before Jason was preaching this morning. And I wanted to tell you, um, you are not guaranteed fairy tale endings. You know, the fairy tale ending that we, you know, you will do this in, in God and it'll be accomplished and you'll stop the war and you'll be a hero and you'll be well known and you'll get the preaching circuit and you'll go on. No, he was hung. He died at 39 years old. He was hung beside his sister and his brother-in-law because they felt that uh, they just couldn't stand the slaughter of God's people, the Jews, and attempted to do something for God. So that's Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the cost of discipleship. <coughs> this book you won't find in any of the Christian bookstores. You just won't. So what we want to look at today, we've, we've gone from that type of commitment to Christ. Here's what, I, here's what I believe. The passive gospel that I was born again in has enabled me to be a sissy. Did you get that? Let me say it again. I'll say it a little different this time. The uh, passive gospel that you and I were born again into has caused you and I to be sissies in God. I mean, these, these people really don't seem to exist, uh, at least in Zanesville. Uh, we can maybe say that. We can't say the, uh, the world. We just can't make that statement. But those type of people, are you kidding me? I mean, it's just amazing. And so... What I'm wanting to do with, with new hope is to encourage new hope, not to lose heart, even though all the odds are totally against us, even though you're seeing your brother or your friend hanging dead from his attempt to serve God in the midst of World War II, Hitler was defeated. I mean, fruits did come from that. The resistance kept going. And see, it takes people. Like you and I, you are to be this resistance that we are under now, this, this antichrist spirit in our nation. And don't look for a fairy tale ending. It'll be awesome, but I don't think it's coming. And so you have to tonight decide, God, live or die, I'm yours. You have to decide, I'm going to serve you, God, whether I ever get a chance to marry and bear children whether I ever get to see retirement and fish. I mean, this is what, like, uh, what's what America is thinking. And so you, you have to uh, drive that uh, stake in the ground and say, God, another message we heard not that long ago is we will not bow like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
That's Christianity. That's where we're at. That even if what we heard today, suffering, various... Uh, Leonard, Leonard Ravenhill said, I can't quite remember how he said it, but the crux word for uh, America, gospel, is success. When the real crux word for the gospel is sacrifice. See, that's how far we've come. So it's enabled us to be sissies when it comes to serving God. Sacrifice? What? And so we leave and we find another church. Because the true gospel, the true uh, discipleship, we have churches that want nothing to do with the cross. And the cross, how can you have the gospel without the cross? How can you have it without the blood? The sacrifice and the carrying of the cross. But that's what we have now, sweeping across America. So you have two churches. And you're going to find yourself having to make a choice. And if you lose heart, you'll run to the other. Instead of being that resistance and standing for whatever God has for us. It might be a great ending. I, I don't know. So Luke 18, 1, he says this. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. But I think we do. We find ourselves fainting more than we should. I mean, you, we should be understanding some things here in our church. That word faint means to be weak or to be weary, to fail in heart, to lose heart. And God is saying, look, you can't do that. And he's talking about in the realm of prayer. That's your mortal weapon. That's your awesome weapon. That's your atomic bomb weapon. That's your Manhattan Project weapon. And so the enemy wants us to lose heart in that and not use that weapon. And he does it by Outward circumstances, inward circumstances, your mind, your heart gets poisoned, whatever, your job's shaky, the world's shaky, everything's shaky, churches are shaky, you're shaky. And so we, he tends to do that to make you lose heart. Proverbs 12, 25 says heaviness, or it means anxiety. Everybody's having anxiety attacks now. Everybody. Heaviness, anxiety, or anxiousness is what that means. In the heart of man maketh it stoop. And that word stoop means depressed. To depress to pray, to depress to get dressed to go to church, to depress to raise your hands. All your weapons. The only thing for you to do is lose heart. <clears throat> Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred. And that word deferred means Drawn on or dragged out for whatever reason. Don't know sometimes why some things seem to take forever, but they do. But it says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick or weak. We can become weak in our belief. We give in to fear and doubt, unbelief, discouragement, or we start using excuses for when prayer is, is not answered immediately and we lose our fire and our expectation and we become lifeless, losing heart. No spit is what I call it. And it happens to us and you know it happens to all of us here. We're all guilty. It just happens. It's that roller coaster of being wrapped up in a stinking nature called the flesh, the secular nature that you have to battle all the time. And so you being part of the resistance now, as the enemy seems to be, I think they called that um, German march the goose step, how they were stepping. It seems like they have everything. Hitler was huge in displaying all his might and strength that night with torches and fires and big emblems and signs and biggest stadium ever built by man that time. He filled up displaying his power. Yet these people still resisted and didn't lose hope. People like Bonhoeffer, even if it gave his life, he would do it for the cause of Christ. I'm sure he knows. But all that that looked unbelievably unstoppable was stopped. It was stopped. If the people of God don't lose heart, you cannot lose heart. 
And the enemy will constantly try to bombard you, your own marriage, your own children, your own job, your housing, your car, whatever it is, despite the nation, the American, everything going, seeming wild crazy. Church is in disarray. Praying that the other night, I'm saying, God, the church seems in total disarray, total disarray. If we don't hear your voice speak and call us to attention, I don't think we can on our own. But I believe he's going to. And so you can't lose hope when you pray. And we do, and I have at times. But we cannot, as this church cannot, because you're one of the last. Sometimes we do feel like God is afar off or that he isn't going to move. That's, those are signs or indications of losing heart. And I've been there at times, and I remember God giving me something at one of those times I was in my office years and years ago, and I've kept this saying that he gave me. And it was told this, it, was, it, it, it said this, it was a, I can't remember what it was, it was just something silly, um, like a, a Bible map with one page, maybe before the computers you would turn the little thing on your desk, the little days, and they, and they would have little scriptures or little comments or little somethings. And that's where I was, and I was losing hope in me and church and the whole thing, not in God, but in all the things that we do and mess up and all the black eyes we give God. And that's where I was, and I turned a page, and it said, press on into the deep things of God. Where I'm going, losing hope, God's saying, keep pressing. Press on into the deep things of God. Insist upon tasting the profounder mysteries of redemption. Keep your feet on the ground, but let your heart heart soar as high as it will. In the midst of what I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, God is telling me just the opposite. And he says, if you thus follow after, heaven will surely be open to you and you will, with Ezekiel, see visions of God. But the whole key is you have to insist, not lose heart. Even amidst all the trials and tribulations, all these things, can you imagine living during that time with the upheaval of Nazis in your own town? I love that word he called, do you have robust faith? The only thing that caused robust faith is the stuff Jason was talking about this morning. Christ does want to open up heaven. He does open it up to us, but we must insist on it. That word insist means to persist. You have to persist. And we bring this scripture up all the time when we talk about that word persist. Luke 18, 1 says this. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now that word faint means to be utterly spiritless. That doesn't mean you're not saved. It means utterly just exhausted from everything. Stooped, depressed, heart sick. And he's saying in the midst of that, men ought always to pray. Not stoop over and give up and groan, oh me. No, it's, it's saying it, that's not the purpose of this parable is that we might not lose heart in those trials through prayer. And I don't know about your spit in prayer. Often we stop praying because we lose heart. We become discouraged. And then we slack off in prayer. We do. You know it. Just say guilty. Because we are. All of us are. It's easy to lose heart in prayer. Because prayer is hard work. It is. If it was easy, everybody would be praying. Paul praises this man who's called uh, Ephorus. Colossians 4.12 says this. Look, listen to this. This should be you and I. Ephorus, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salute you, always laboring 
fervently for you in prayer. God has constantly been reminding me this entire month because I'll get a text or see something on Facebook or something like this. Please pray for... You know, it's so easy in Facebook, praying coming to you, praying right at you, praying for you. Do you? But how? This guy's praying fervently, laboring fervently for you. Fervently for you and I in prayer. That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Paul knew that prayer was hard work and required fervent labor. Fervent. Sweat. Heat. It's easy to lose heart in prayer because we're not always convinced of the reality of prayer. Because we're like doubting Thomas. We have to see right away. Instead of just believing the word of God by robust faith. We're all guilty of that. Just all of us. Jennifer and Adam are over there. So if they hear this, they'll know you snitched. Adam's preaching has quadrupled in depth and anointing and strength. Why? Because of the horrible trial they're walking through. Both of them going through. Had to sit front row in the midst of a baby dedication again for the 15th year. Robust faith is being made and formed. Will they have a baby? I don't know. I don't know. But this is Christianity. This is not losing heart. Labor fervently. That word means this. Compare it to us. Labor fervently. I, I don't know. haven't been in a lot of labor rooms. I've been around them, and I've been in ours. I don't think it's a piece of cake. I mean, I know they pump you full of everything now, but if they didn't, we'd be hearing some octaves that we haven't heard in a long time with some screeching and screaming of trying to produce life. Agony. So that's the word labor. Labor fervently means this, that you enter a contest as if you're in a gym gymnastic game, as if you're in the Olympics, is what it means. Look at those definitions. And how the Americans pray. Look at number two. To contend with adversaries. That's a fight. To contend with S, plural. Three says to contend, struggle with difficulties and dangers. That is, to endeavor, strenuous zeal, striving to obtain something. <clears throat> I'll bet you Bonhoeffer prayed like that. With the rise of the Nazis and Hitler. And that huge display of unstoppable power. <clears throat> the only way... You and I pray like this is in the furnace of affliction. It just is. It just is the only way. And if you say, oh, no, it's not true, I don't believe you. It isn't. It's just the way it is. Revelations 2.17 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Man, these last messages for the whole month is getting us ready. For something... Maybe because we truly really are the last church. That in 20 years or 30 years, church will be no more. And you will have to feed and live and eat off what you've been taking in. 
when you had the freedom to come. <clears throat> and Bible says, by the way, you've got to have an ear to hear this. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Everyone's seeking God, trying to get something from God. It's so hard. It's hard. It's hard. You struggle over God. Is this what you want? I don't know. And I tell God that a lot. God, I'll change it. I'll throw it away right now. So the Spirit has to be giving us these messages. What the Spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Hidden manna, concealed, uh, kept secret manna, just for you for certain times that you'll need them. Because you're resisting. And everyone else is just going along for the ride. <clears throat> but you can't lose can't. Daniel 10 says this, New Living Translation. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up. For I have been sent to you. When he had said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. That is a mouthful. Daniel screaming at us, telling us the reality and the power in prayer. <clears throat> The enemy is wanting you to feel abandoned and forsaken by God. You don't see anything going on. You keep praying over and over for that husband, for that wife, for revival, for whatever. For that son who lives across the nation. Anything, nothing seems to be moving at all concerning your situation that you've been praying about. But Daniel kept praying, not losing heart. Verse 13 says, listen to this. Listen what goes on in the heavenlies right above your head. But for 21 days, he says, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. In other words, as you're praying for answers for whatever they are, move of God, stronger in God, God, use me, Lord God, help me to do something for you, the prince of darkness comes and hinders that prayer. You're not going to get through. No way. You can't go through. We can't have that get through. For 20 days, that went on in the heavens. It's not a fairy tale. It's right there in front of us. <clears throat> but remember, God's response to Daniel was the very moment you requested that. I heard you. You're going, oh, God, where are you? I don't know. God's like, no, no, I heard you. Persist. Keep praying. There's a war going on up here. And, and the even more powerful words. I have come because of your prayer. You, little old you, holy, heavenly host, angelic host, were sent because you dared to pray. I know, we're so thick-headed. No, it wouldn't happen to me, no. It's in the Word. God's no respecter of persons, neither the enemy. He hates you as much as God loves you. And so he says, are you, are you kidding me? We pass over this so lightly. Angels were dispatched because you prayed. Man, that has to be a reminder of how awesome prayer is. It's not some mental exercise so that you feel good and pull up your covers and go to bed. <clears throat> and we lose that. 
We don't understand how important, how strong it is, how powerful. We just see all the Germans just going, we're going, oh my gosh. And one 39-year-old preacher stands up against him. And I found other clips. In other clips, he sounds just like us. He goes, God, I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. I don't know why he would use it. It's titled, Who Am I? In the midst of all that, he's feeling like such a failure. Thinking, oh, my gosh. And now here we are 60, 70 years later thinking, Jesus. Withstood me 21 days. I wonder how many days you have been really crying out to be used by God some way. And I'm not talking about the silly ways, you know. Let me be the best singer. Let me be the best preacher. Just wanting to be used, aching and wanting to be used by God. And you prayed and you prayed and you prayed, yet you quit one day too soon. I'm sure that has happened. me to quit on the 20th day. And he lost heart. We've been locked up here for 60 years. God's not answering prayer. I've been shouting out this window for 20 days. And he loses heart and gives up. And then the message finally breaks through that he's not where he should be to receive the message. And prayer. No wonder it says in Hebrews 11.6, without faith it is impossible to please God. You either have faith or you're crazy. You either have faith or you're insane. Come down to this altar and just be talking away to nobody. Oh, we know what it is. You do. And you can't lose heart to play that card of faith even though the enemy keeps putting more cards in your hand, more cards and more cards and more cards, and it's harder to find that faith. Don't lose it. Without faith is absolutely impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We've got to get back to that. Diligently seeking God. You have to force yourself. You have to make yourself. You have to put yourself out to do this. We do. Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That word contend is a struggle. It's a struggle with all the evil forces, the enemy himself, and your flesh. It's a struggle. You have to contend. No, no, this is right. And you have to be just, you have to struggle and fight that this is true no matter who leaves, no matter who doesn't want to hear it, and walk away. You have to. We need to assert ourselves. Number one is National Day of Prayer. How could you not be there? I mean, really, how could you not? I understand certain things come up. Okay. If you die, okay, you're off that list. Really. If you have to work, you can't get off. Okay, you're off that list. You know, if you get horribly sick. I mean, you have sniffles, you don't want to come to church, you don't want to infect everybody else. And everybody else is saying, yeah, thank you. You know, in the old days, they would put the disease in the palm of their hand, put it under the microscope, and it would die. From the anointing of God. I got to go. I don't want to get you sick. Come on. We have been able, by our passive gospel, to be sissies. 
Who wants to claim their chief? Paul, didn't Paul say, I am chief? I mean, even Hillary Clinton had something thrown at her. I've never had anything thrown at her. Did you see that? I mean, that's horrible. It, it's horrible. I don't care where you stand. Are you kidding? This is crazy. What's happening to our nation? Luke 11.5 says, And he said unto them, Which of you have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, let me three loaves? For a friend of mine is in a journey, is to come, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. Man, that's what we do. That's why we put those 12 reasons why pastors quit going to sporting events. I hear, I've heard all 12 of those. And even more stupider ones. I have. Oh, which verse did I leave off? Well, it doesn't matter. Getting it anyway. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, for the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, and I can't rise. I can't give it to you. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of importunity or persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. What are we talking about? We're talking about not losing heart in prayer. We've been praying on Saturday nights for years. This year's been the lousiest. Absolute lousiest. That's a sign of losing heart. It's a sign of not good. You go to the doctor's office and they go, whoa, wow, you better take that again. You know you've got some issues, right? Well, same thing. How are we doing? Who's in? No, 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 no. No. Now, I'm glad we don't have uh, TV. Well, we do, I guess. <laughs> FaceTime on our phones because I'd be going to start crying out loud. We're all like this. We are. I've challenged the men. I've challenged you uh, the last two Wednesdays. We'll see. We've been going the last four weeks, almost on our fifth week out of five weeks, calling Stepping Up. Ladies, what do you think I said to them? I said, okay, I'm giving you a two-week notice for you to step up. Your first big step-up test. Foot washing. Grab your wife's hand, bring her in, wash her feet, look in her eyes, and tell her how much you love her. Step up! We'll see. I mean, these are principles you've got to put in... Your, your step, they've got to be a part of your life, not just something you hear and do nothing. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's more fun to go run into a wall. It is. We're, Ruth and I got sent a refreshing text today, and I told the person that says, you don't understand what you've done. This is like the cold glass of water to us. In such a hot and dry land for, for what she was saying. Because we don't understand, man, are, are any of us getting this? And so this guy said, you've got to ask, you've got to seek, you've got to knock, and it will be opened. You will win. That's none of your business when. It's when God opens it. When he opens it, it will open. Your job is to knock. Seek and ask. Because he goes, for everyone that asks will receive. Well, I didn't. Well, somewhere you lost heart and quit. And Michael and all of them are getting a slob kicked out of them because you're not praying anymore. So pray. For everyone that asks, receive. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. In other words, this is talking about let's put ourselves out. 
Ephesians. Or, oh wait a minute, Acts 15, 26 says this, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to get back to that. I fall into that. I fall into that. Let them. I'm tired. Been doing this. Let them do it. You pick it up and run. I mean, that's what we do. It's, a, it's talking about men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, that, that's foreign. It's foreign what Jason said. It's foreign what Adam's been preaching. It's foreign, even if. One Corinthians three one says, "And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual." You know what that word means? It's one who is filled with and governed by the Spirit of God. I can't speak to you that you're governed by the Spirit of God. I got to dummy it down. I got to speak to you as carnal, as unto babes in Christ. And we we can't in these days. We can't have that. We can't have that. Come on, you little kitty kitty. You can come to church. Come on, take that one step. <gasps> oh! It's a little rattle and a little stuff. That's, that's carnal. That's baby stuff. We can't be like that. And yet, gee, many of these we are. The, 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 that list of 12 things, that's what I hear all the time. That's baby talk. That kind of stuff. Ephesians says that we henceforth no more be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking in truth and love that you may grow into all things which is the head, even Christ. I mean, you pour in the word of God and just find out that a certain person did what? Was told to me this morning, what? Are you kidding? That's just getting stuff in the head and not in your heart, believing that you must walk by the word of God. Or you're going to lose heart and a person's in a big trial. Lose heart. And you do the dumbest things in the world, and the person did. And I'm going to tell them. You have to insist on wanting a true church. You're the church. We have to insist on this being a true church. You have to insist that you are a true church, too. Because there's a part of you that wants to be a Yehu. That wants to be silly. That wants to have a church without a cross. To have the gospel without sacrifice. Absolutely. But you have to insist on the fact that we need real moves of the Holy Ghost. Real ones. True ones. Not pumped up, not psyched up. Real moves of the Holy Ghost. You have to insist and the very fact that you desire the glory of God to come. Come. Glory of God, come. Come, come. you got to come. And you got to pray and willingly pray for that. Over and over and over and over. Until you either hang by a rope or he calls you in. Over and over. We must have this anointing. You must insist on it. Our band, you can practice all you want, but if you don't insist on the anointing, you'll move nobody. Nobody. You must remain steadfast. Though your dad falls away, your mother falls away, whatever it is, you must remain steadfast. You must insist on it. We must have integrity. You've got to have a good name. New hope must be the light in darkness. Insist on it. Insist that our light stays pure and bright and gets stronger. We must be a haven of rest for the weary traveler that comes busted up from the world, steamrolled over by drugs or uh, bad relationships. We must insist on doing this right, in spite of ourselves. Like he said, he, he was going to do something even if he failed. He could no longer stand around and see millions of Jews die. 
He had to do something. Not only we must do this right, we have to do this right. We have to. That's why National Day of Prayer. You know what? I know the, a bunch of them will show up just because it's a place to show up. And guess what? This is election year, so all of them are coming. Oh, they're calling Ruth. Yeah, I'll be there. I haven't heard from them till the last election year. Oh, yeah, we have to fight off what we want to say. But I wouldn't vote for you if you were the last. I mean, you just do. You want to just fall. But, oh, they'll all be there. That's why you need to all be there and be praying like crazy. That we take a secular school and for an hour and a half, or however long it is, it's holy ground. That they all walk in holy ground. Those judges and that person and this person and all those politicians and everybody who wants to be seen. That's fine. We know why, but so what? We're coming. And you have to come. You just have to. I, I don't know what excuse anymore that we can have. Now, we can continue to go through the excuses. You'll see them on Facebook. Every time I hear I'm so sick, I'm so sick, I want to ask them, did you go to work? Yeah, I'm not going to get to work. <coughs> but we blow off God. We have been enabled to be busy. We have. You just say amen. Well, I think I asked you to say guilty last night. <laughs> but it's just true. Why pretend that we're not? We are. And God, all we can do now is fall at your feet and say, God, please give me strength. Let me pray for strength here, God. Strength to be what I Instead of moaning and complaining about, you know, the curveballs that can sent your way in life and this thing that still is not fixed or whatever goes on. Every time now I start to moan, which can be a lot, I think of that poor pastor that's ill in my ranch. And I think, oh, God, please, we're can't even think of the torture that they run unknown ungodly filthy stuff that they do and if Denny's messes up my order one more time I'm not coming back that's about the dumbest waitress you've ever disarray. We are in such danger that we, we don't know what a Bonhoeffer is like. And I, I'm talking about me. I'm telling you, if you think I'm just talking about you, I'm talking about me. I've got the biggest diaper in the world. So all I can do is say, God, you've got to help me. You've got to help me, God. You've got to give me strength. We see it coming. I hear it coming from the Spirit of God, from various preachers talking about it's coming. It's around the corner. It's here. And here I am still with this diaper on, God. You've got to give me strength, God's supernatural, godly grace and strength from heaven. takes us out of total, total, uncontrolled faith because you and I are praying hard and doing our best. The Spirit of God will still do things if you and I are not preparing hearts to please Him with our prayers. Until that day happens, we cannot do that. And that's what we're going through. And here's why. Because Christianity is a puzzle waiting to be solved. Our heads are 
us into, you don't have a relationship with him. You have a relationship with the devil. It is both the heart field where the enemy is taking over the world. And it's bing! This is a mortal illusion that we can put off. But it's also